listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Envision Advisors at Your Castle Real Estate. What's up, Colorado? Chris Lopez here. And today we have a deal analysis on an 11 unit multifamily building that an investor purchased in Inglewood, Colorado, which is a suburb of Denver. And what makes this deal so interesting in my mind is one is the financing that they use to take down this property. And the second is the creative value add business plan they put into here. It's not heavy construction, but I'll say it's heavier on creativity. And I've got my guest and also strategic partner, Travis Beer with Renovo Financial. Travis, how are you? Hey, Chris, doing great today. Thanks again for having me here in the studio. And I look forward to breaking down the details on this deal and kind of how we got it done and what the investor is going to do with it. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, dive into it. And just to set the stage for everyone, you did the lending on this uh, transaction. So we're going to walk through the deal analysis really from your perspective as the lender to get the deal done. So before we jump into the detail and the property details, paint us a picture about the investor profile, if you could. Sure. Yeah. These investors, pretty sophisticated. They have a handful of uh, multi-unit investments around town, and they have a unique strategy, which we'll really unpack a little later in uh, using medium-term rentals. So we know that multifamily rents are up. We know that a lot of people are looking at short-term rentals right now, and there's some regulation around that. They found a niche in the medium-term, which uh, I think will do really well for them on this project. Uh, and the numbers kind of speak to it. Yeah. And medium term rental is 30 days or greater. As correct? defined. Right? Yeah. As we sit here okay. today. <laughs> Just to make sure we have it on there. All right. So they're very experienced. They got a gr- very unique business model. Now, Talk to us about the property, this 11 unit in Inglewood. Yeah, so 11 unit building uh, in Inglewood, uh, close proximity to the hospitals in the area, really clean building, uh, you know, probably 1960s build brick, uh, nice looking building, really a turnkey type of asset uh, at a relatively low cap rate in the market. But with given the strategy, they'll be able to use the creativity, as you mentioned previously, not through a ton of construction value add in order to really juice the returns on this and make it a great investment. All right, so no major like cap or construction, they have to pour in hundreds of thousands of dollars to remodel anything? No, pr- pretty much ready to go as is. Um, they'll experience some costs in furniture and things like that, which we'll talk a little bit more in the in the mid medium term or midterm um, rental strategy, but uh, like literally could buy it and just take, collect rents today on this project. Really? Yeah. Okay. What was the approximate like cap rate they bought at? Do you know? Do you recall the top? Yeah, year? as appraised, it was like four and a half. So, okay. uh, Low probably for the age of the asset, uh, not necessarily for the location, um, but still was able to pencil good enough, if you will, to get them into the project and into their strategy. All right. And then what's the general like bed bath mix or the unit mix of this building? Yeah. And these uh, in this building, they were all uh, one ones. Okay. So all one ones with and their business plan was to come in here. And I'm assuming they have long term tenants already in place. That's right. With rolling leases. And I guess the one piece, just so we don't get too far away from it, is one of the ways to add value is it's 11 units, but they actually own the same building uh, make and model, if you will, across town. And there's a storage unit unit that provides some income, but not enough, they're going to convert that to a 12th unit. And so we didn't even have to use that in the numbers in order to get it financed, but it's a way that they'll be able to squeeze a bigger return out of it when they get into their true strategy. So all the numbers we'll show will actually work uh, without that, but just a kind of a bonus or some gravy on top of the deal. Okay. Awesome. Now let's actually walk through some of the, the numbers on the business plan here. 
So you said they bought around a four and a half percent cap rate, eleven unit. What was the approximate purchase price? It was just over two million or just over two one. Okay. Two point one million dollars was about the purchase price. Um now I know they had a hard time getting financing on this property. And this is where you and Renovo has in its loan uh, toolkit came in to help get the deal to finish line. So talk to us about uh, their financing process, the roadblock they hit, and what you guys did to give a solution. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, from a financing perspective of having trouble, like true at the loan to value that they wanted to be at very, uh, financeable, bankable individuals, uh, strong borrowers, but the challenge was getting to the loan to value that they wanted. And that was based on the income that was being produced. So to go along with the question here, the banks are generally going to look at, uh, market rents or as is rents, whichever is lower. And in this case, the property was under rented. And so they couldn't hit the debt service coverage ratio necessary to meet the bank's requirement, which I believe was a 1.25. In that case, the the leverage would have had to been reduced to 60 or 65%. So now you're talking about putting 30 to 35% down before executing your plan of rolling through the leases and maybe putting some money into it uh, to get to the medium-term rentals. So it becomes pretty capital intensive at that point. And this group, sometimes they'll raise money from outside individuals to put together, put the deal together. And then now you're looking at a bigger raise. You'd be uh, The less leverage you have, the lower return to the investors and uh, just makes it a little more challenging to execute on the business plan. So where we came in was um, not looking, we still do look at the debt service coverage ratio, but the way we were able to get it done for them was to go to an interest only loan. So when you're looking at an amortized loan and keep in mind, a bank might be a 15, 20, maybe 25 year AM also cuts into the cash flow. Uh, where we do offer a 30 year AM, that wasn't quite the best fit for them. So we went to a five year interest only adjustable rate mortgage. So this gave them the ability to squeeze really as much cash flow as possible out of the deal while going through their creative strategy to, to juice the, the income and ultimately the NOI. And it gives them the then also the opportunity to hit that uh, DSCR on our side, which got us to the 75% of cost uh, or value for purchase. So they put the 25% down. All right. Now I want to make sure I understand all this here because this is this is great. So uh, traditional bank, they were looking at like a 35%-ish down payment. Correct. Um, to meet the bank requirements. And I think you said the bank actually referred the investor over to you for the more of the creative stuff, right? Correct. Yeah. It was like, hey, you know, we're having a little challenge here meeting what they're looking for. This might be a great fit for what you're doing. Uh, and in this case, when you have investors that are coming in and your goal on the deal is to, to increase the return so much by a different strategy, the interest rate almost doesn't matter. I mean, we're still market, but uh, for our product, but it, it it's more important to get the deal than it is uh, maybe a point in rate or something like that. Exactly. And then you're able to get, uh, do the loan structure. So they put a 25% down payment, which is, you know, about the best leverage you'll get for buying a multifamily. Um, and then a five-year interest-only loan. So that means for the first five years, no principal, just interest, which on this size is probably thirty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 a year and in, in debt payment savings right. or something. I mean, that's a lot of money there that juices cash flow or probably funds a lot of the improvements on exactly. there. Exactly. So you got on there and you mentioned, I like this, let's talk about this for a minute, like that interest rates on these type of value-add plays matter less. Can you talk to us a bit more about that and help people understand those numbers? Sure. You know, interest rates are uh, sensitive. They're especially sensitive right now. And, uh, 
but they're also relative, right? And so in a market where it's challenging to find deals and maybe in a case like this, difficult to finance at the leverage you wanted to, the let's say if it's a full point or let's say it's two points difference in interest rate, what's the opportunity cost? And so when you're going to a more creative strategy where you're going to really pump the returns on the uh, gross revenue and ultimately the NOI, the amount that you pay in interest is relative at that point, because now you're creating something that creates a lot more revenue um, and you had the opportunity to get into the deal. All right. So they got into the deal, uh, 25% down payment, uh, 30-year AM or close to 30-year AM. So the five-year five interest only, and then that will roll into, at that point, a 25-year fully amortized. So depending on five years from now, they could decide, are they going to sell the property okay. or are they going to go refinance it depending on their rate environment? Or do they stay where they're at with and take the adjustment in rate, uh, which would be somewhere around market? Um, it'll just, there's a handful of factors. Uh, so really, when you're looking at doing interest only, you need to decide, is this the best fit for your business now? And how will we exit in X number of months or years if necessary? All right, and we'll come back to that, what their exit strategy is on the loan. I wanna come back to the actual, like the business plan sure. of the property. So they, they closed on this fairly recently. And the two main things that they're gonna focus on is converting to a medium-term rental and converting the storage unit to the 12th unit in the building. Correct. What's the timeline and tackle steps look like for that? Yeah, so the uh, leases were rolling, right? I mean, you've got 11 units, so let's just assume uh, to keep it easy that you've got uh, one coming up a month or whatever it might be. So relatively quickly, and this is actually good in this type of scenario too, because you've got some consistent cash flow coming in while you're building up this other strategy. Uh, the units were also under rented by about, gosh, in today's market rents, maybe $300 a month. So even though they bought it the four and a half cap on existing, there was still some room to increase from there. So if you have leases that are rolling to, and by rolling, I mean, they're going to come up, come to term, say one a month. And then that's when you're going to give the tenant the notice uh, that you're not going to renew. And then you're going to execute your plan. The cool thing is, is as you're buying that furniture and starting to market on Furnish Finder or whatever uh, your means might be, you're bringing in your new strategy. But let's say at some point you're in month six, uh, you've turned over, this is your sixth one, four of them you put on medium term, and the next two, you're just not getting them rented. You're just not, the market's not supporting that. Well, then you can still pivot and go to long-term rental, right? So the reason I say it's good to have the rolling leases that you have the income continuing to come in, people in the building, uh, generating a little bit of income while you're executing your new plan. So my guess would be probably over the next eight to 12 months, they would get through uh, turning the units, furnishing them as they see fit, marketing them appropriately uh, on whatever that might be furnished finders mentioned, and then continuing uh, to work through and increasing the return. So in year two, it should look really good. All right. So I'm going to dig in, dig in more into here. So medium term rentals are often kind of geared towards uh, people relocating, traveling nurses, traveling nurses and corporate housing. Yep. And sounds like here, since you're in Inglewood, there's a bunch of hospitals right. nearby. I'm assuming they're targeting like the traveling nurses or people coming to visit family. They're kind of going after the, the hospital. Yeah, based on unit size and and uh, cost to, to rent, that's exactly what it's going to fit is probably traveling nurses is going to be number one. Oh, that's right. It's one, one, one yep, bed, exactly. one bath, right? Yeah. Uh, and then number two might be somebody that's in between locations. Uh, maybe it's a temporary fit. Um, or, you know, as I continue to hear how COVID changed everything and somebody might just want to come to Colorado for three months, right? Or whatever it might be. We got a ton of those people. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So now uh, in a good location and... Uh, and the other thing about as the leases roll, then your your new leases, which are typically three month stints for the nurses, are also going to be overlapped. So you don't have everything coming due at the same time. So I love this. So plan A strategy is medium term rental, maximize cash flow. 
Plan B, worst case scenario is, hey, keep it as a long-term rental, bump up the rents to market rent, and doing some mental math, that would put it, I think, well above a five cap Correct. if you raise those rents, which right. is a good deal, and cap rates higher than interest rate, interest-only loans, still they're still in a very good position. So I'm really curious, I don't know if you know these numbers, because you said there's no heavy construction, no heavy capex, it sounds like more maybe some light cosmetic stuff and some uh, furniture and furnishings in there. What's the general budget, do you know, for like turning this building into medium-term rental, like kind of a per unit basis? Yeah, so I don't have the exact number, but based on my experience, I guess, in construction and also my short time in uh, hosting short-term rentals, um, <laughs> I think you would probably outfit one of these units for, I mean, probably with the TV and everything, I would say probably for around four grand. And then okay. let's say that you've got a little bit of money improvements, paint, maybe some flooring or cabinets, appliance, whatever it might be. So let's say you're at... I don't know, let's say six grand a unit, just kind of rough math uh, to turn around and, and get that different type of tenant on the shorter term. Okay, so I mean, that's that's a, a relatively low cost sure. to do this. And then let's kind of compare rents because you're saying rents were under about $300. What would you say one one long-term rental market rent over there is? I'm, I'm guessing a little bit based on that location, but I, I think it's probably closer to $1,300 a month right now yeah. as we sit here today. I, I would guess yeah, twelve to thirteen and change yeah. is what I I've been seeing over there, and so for medium term rental, what do they expect either from like a per unit or from like an overall building? Like, what's the expected revenue on? Yeah, that? so per unit on the medium term, I think you're going to be closer to and maybe now even over about two grand a month. So wow, that's probably that's about one and a half times, right? Which would be pretty much the fit for medium term, where short term you might be two to three times. Um, and I think what does it here is the location. I mean, just because specifically going for the hospital pieces, the, uh, the, excuse me, the traveling nurse pieces, the number of hospitals in the direct vicinity, and also, you know, a relatively good part of town and, uh, even kind of affordable, uh, compared to some other places for somebody who needed a short-term stay or medium-term stay for the sake of definition. All right. And so, and through all this, I'm assuming they're convert that storage unit into the 12th unit in the first few months, whatever it is to, to get that coming in. So let's just say it takes a year, maybe a year and a half to stabilize in season. Actually, let me, let me take that back. So it takes a year to stabilize. Um, what options do they have to then refinance or change their lending you know, with you or what kind of options they have in general with those type of investments. Yeah, and this is where it gets, I would say, a tad interesting. Um, and I don't know if one year or two is enough. And the reason I, I kind of give the caveat is that when you're doing something that's different than what most people understand, uh, being most people on a long-term 12-month or month-to-month -month lease, you're gonna get uh, a little hesitation on a refinance. So let's say for the sake of conversation, in year two, they've added that 12th unit, they have everything on medium term, they're creating way more cash flow uh, than a like unit that's on a long-term lease. There's not enough data in the marketplace for medium-term rentals that a bank, I think, would say, oh, great, Like we'll just use that last year uh, because I don't think there's gonna be any rental comps to support that. There's mm -hmm. just not any areas in, in my mind. I know that you're starting to see more of it like North Aurora around Anschutz and probably in this area too where medium-term is picking up, but I don't think there would be enough data from a market standpoint to support the medium-term piece. The other piece on that creates some hesitancy on short-term or medium-term is that it's more of a, a business than the long-term rental piece. And yeah. from a lender standpoint, you, our absolute worst case scenario is always if we had to own the property. 
And if I had to own the property, I'm not going to operate a furnished short-term or medium-term type of business, right? You're going to want to know what is your value on long-term leases. And that's why they always go off of as is or market rents, whichever is less, so that you're in the most conservative and comfortable place possible. My guess is, Chris, that if you get into year two, three, or four with this plan, and you can show historically over this time frame, seasonally, how you've executed uh, and that it's been consistent, then you'd have a much better chance to go for a bank loan uh, based on the the value that's been created uh, through the NOI. And then your caveat then might be, do you have the ability to pull cash out or not based on that new NOI? Because if they're, you might just get a better rate potentially or a better term, but I don't know how that would look for cash out. So the long way of answering the question is if they came back to me and say three years or whatever it was, and we can see this income, we're also going to go to an appraised uh, type of uh, view at it from an income approach and see where the comps are. And maybe there's more data at that point. Yeah, of course you could go cash out up to say 75% of the new value. Um, is it on a, then a compressed cap rate? Um, who knows what happens in the market in that time frame? Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of these moves are so much more toward just generating cash flow than they are maybe trying to add as much value as possible and then refinancing and taking it out. Yeah. I mean, with, I mean, that, that very, you know, I don't want to say simple business plan, but like the, the executive summary of the business plan, I should say, is just add the unit, get it to medium term rental and a five year IO period. That is a long time sure. for them to go maximize cash flow, prove the business plan and take their time to figure out, hey, what's the what's the next best step for the property? Right. Refinance it, do nothing, sell it. Obviously, they have going things on their portfolio, their life, the the market, all that stuff. So lots of options on there. And Travis, as you're explaining all those options, this is, I think, always a good reminder that I'm often telling, like, you know, my clients and just people I advise as they come through the podcast is don't get fixated on just what's the rates and terms, what's the fees on lending, because you just gave tons of what if this, 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 it's a very, the classic, hey, what's the answer to this? Well, it depends. There's this, <laughs> this, or this, but that's reality of it. And that's where yeah. having like an experienced lender and also local investor, and, you know, such in your case is so valuable. And it goes such beyond of like, well, who's got great, this person's eighth a point cheaper, this person's uh, one point cheaper on the funding fee. Who cares if they don't have the insight and that strategic advice that you're giving people? So that's a big reason why I like having you on the podcast and referring clients to you. Yeah, thank you. And and you know, in this business, whether you're financing your primary with Joe or you're getting into a deal like this, having the relationships is more important than the price. Now, it can't be absorbent. We can't be two or three points off in rate or in fees. I mean, it needs to make sense, but... Um, when you're having these conversations and talking about, okay, how do we get through this? And, you know, is this a trusted partner and Hey, help me on this next one. Can we get through the, the, this other deal? And, uh, that certainly does add a lot of value to the individual. And, you know, you and I do this every day. So we really, really love talking about this just as a, a quick side, um, on this deal, we actually presented them the opportunity to go into a bridge instead of the term loan out of the gate. But what we determined was that there wasn't enough dollars needed, say to convert that 12th unit and, or to buy furniture, which, uh, uh, lender wouldn't fund as construction dollars to go into a bridge, increase the value, maybe turn some leases and then go for the refinance on the term loan, potentially even pull some cash out at that time. Uh, We just didn't see the upside being created enough in that short period of time. But let's say this building was dilapidated and needed a bunch of work. Then yeah, we would have presented the bridge, done the repairs and then went for the refinance later. But it sounds like you looked at the options and hey, let's, let's run through everything and see what makes the most sense. And that's what's great about having that like advisor type relationship. Exactly. 
All right, Travis, this has been great. I look forward to doing more deal analysis with you, more podcasts with you, because you do some very unique and creative stuff, which is just fun to learn about. So how can people get a hold of you to learn more about what you do and the products that Renovo Financial has? Yeah, please. And, and uh, I'd love the opportunity to just have a quick conversation with most and, and just say, hey, does it make sense for us to continue this conversation? I think we know pretty quickly after connecting whether the products that I have to offer are a good fit for somebody's business model. And if they're not, then it at least we know of each other. Uh, please feel free to reach out. I think we'll have contact info in the show notes. But uh, you know, if you're driving down the road, it's Travis, T-R-A-V-I-S at RenovoFinancial.com. I'd love the opportunity to connect with you. Yeah. Travis, thanks a lot. And listeners, viewers out there, any questions, reach out to us in the comments and an email, schedule a call with Travis. We love talking about this. And just as a constant reminder going forward, um, with our strategic partners, these are local experts here in their fields. They're investors as well. So they're a great person to pick their brain from and eventually do a deal and build a relationship with. So Travis, thanks a lot. Well, thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. 